Lord. Well, I know Father's Day, we're all ready to have a great time, just like we do with Mother's Day, and, and dads uh, are going to be spoiled today, and uh, I know that uh, there's, a, there's a lot of good things planned for fathers today, for grandparents, amen. Yeah, you transition from a dad, and you stay a dad, but then you go into uh, another dimension, which is a grandparent. I think I kind of like that one better. Yeah, no, no offense, but I think being a grandparent is a lot more fun. Amen. Because you're not the dirty guy all the time. You know, you're not the, you're not the bad bird. Uh, you're just a, a, just a nice old grandpa who can say and do anything you want and get away with it. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So that's, it's good to, to be a grandfather. So welcome, everybody. We're going to have a great time this morning. And uh, what I'd like to do is, is I want to just kind of... Um, have have a conversation with you this morning about life and and about um, yes dads and fathers and just about um, who we are as general God's creation and I'm going to use scripture but I I, I want to inform you this morning because it's so important that 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 we are informed as as the men and women of God and I know today is Father's Day and. Uh, it, it's, it's critically important, yes, for, for dads and for fathers to be informed as to what God expects uh, from us as the leaders in our, our home. You know, uh, remember in, in when Nancy and I uh, first got married, we'd go on little road trips and stuff, and we'd always go to different places, and we'd always have what was called a Thomas Guide. Does anybody remember Thomas Guides? Some of you are looking like, what is a Thomas guy? Who's Thomas? Is he a guide? Did, did you take along with you on a road trip? Thomas guide was a big map filled, and, and Sister Nancy, I believe, still has one in her trunk. She, she, she just won't let it go. Hardcore old school. And that Thomas guide, I mean, you could open up any page, in, and it would get you anywhere in the United States that you wanted to go. And, and uh, you know, it was a good uh, thing to have, or a map, you know, which nowadays, you know, are somewhat obsolete, feel bad for map makers, but, you know, uh, in those days, you needed one so that you could get to where you needed to go. There was no GPS, uh, there was nothing like that, that, that could, you could punch in and get you to your destination. You had to rely on those maps uh, or uh, guides. We'd also use landmarks like familiar restaurants or buildings. When you got to a certain point, you go, oh, yeah, yeah, we're almost there. You know, there's that restaurant or there's that old, that old building over there. And, and so you kind of gauge your traveling and, and where you were, your destination was according to those areas. And they, they were and still are very, very helpful. And in the journey of life, and for you and I, as we make our way through this life, we need roadmaps. We need reference points. Something that is constant and true by which we can set our course, especially as men and fathers. We especially need guidance, not only for our own lives, but yet for the families that God has allowed us to be, to be over and uh, have the privilege to serve and to guide uh, 
through this world and through the journey of, of life. Why is that so important? Why is that so critical? Most of us in here, and I know I'm probably preaching to the choir as, as they say, but I really sense as a dad and grandfather that it is so, so important for us to rehearse and for us to constantly keep at the forefront of our understanding how important uh, men are in this society, how important uh, fathers are in this society. And, and ladies, moms, grandmas, and so on, female, I, I'm not belittling or diminishing you, your, your part in the world and the importance of who you are as a woman that God has created. And by the way, let me just inform you that calling you a woman is no longer relative because it is insensitive and offensive to call you a woman. So now, from now on, according to uh, John Hopkins University, a prestigious university in the United States, one of the most prestigious, you're not going to be known as not a man. So when I see you, I'm going to call you, how you doing, not a man? There you go, right? And so anyway, let me get back to my point. It's so important that we understand the critical role that each of us play, but accordingly, this morning, I want to speak to men, to fathers, to dads. Imagine with me for a minute, if you would, standing on a football field, and you're at the end zone by the goalpost, and your task is to get down the field to the other goalpost, and uh, that's your journey. But now think about this as you begin your journey. You're going to be blindfolded, and now you're going to have to make that journey across the field to that goalpost blindfolded. How many have ever been blindfolded? Yes, we've all been blindfolded, playing piñata, hitting the thing. And you know, after they turn you around a few times, you kind of get disoriented. And you know, with the kids and stuff, that, and they're swinging and they're going, and they're, everybody's shouting, no, now, now, swing now. And all these voices are there. So imagine yourself on that field with a blindfold, uh, walking to the goal, and now you're walking in all these voices because you're going to go off course. We know that. When you're blindfolded, you lose perspective and direction. And you're going to go off course. And all these voices along the sideline are screaming at you, no, 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 go left, no, 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 go right, no, no, keep going straight. And you take off that blindfold and you find yourself uh, on the bench instead of headed towards the goal post. You know, there are many cultural changes today that are like those goal posts. Those voices changing, constantly screaming, telling us which way to go, what to believe, what we're going to do now. And there are so many people who have lived their lives according to the world's goalposts or guidelines that have constantly been changed and reconfigured and found themselves lost and on their journey in life and found themselves heading for a place they thought they were going 
to be happy at, uh, only to find themselves missing the mark. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12 says that there is a way which seems right to a man, but its end thereof is uh, the way of destruction or death. The world's goalposts are always moving. The world's standards are always changing. We celebrate Father's Day today and the journey of, of, of life as men, as dads. And you and I need goalposts, reference points that are constant and that will not change and that have been tested throughout life and time so that we can guide our families and we can guide uh, those that we love in the right direction. Those goalposts called landmarks in the Word of God, and that's going to be my scripture this morning in the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, and in verse 28. I entitled this message, uh, Reference Points and Landmarks, because without them, we are lost. Without them, we are disoriented. Without them, from God's word, we are at the best hopeless in this life's journey. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 28, simply put, remove not the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. The NIV, New International Version, reads this way, Do not move the ancient boundary stone set up by your ancestors. So I'm going to look with you at landmarks and boundaries this morning. Think about them and how God has set them in place for, for us to guide our lives and our families by. They have a purpose, a landmark in uh, the day that this, this uh, scripture was written served uh, purposes as a boundary, a fence, a wall, a source of protection during those times. And when God spoke about setting up landmarks and boundaries, uh, they, they were for protection. They, they were for a point of reference when it came to, to property. And God pronounced a curse on anyone who would move a landmark, who would move that fence or that boundary. He said that their lives would be cursed because they were doing it to take an advantage for themselves. God established landmarks, boundaries, based on his word, on biblical principles. And we need to understand this morning that God's word does not change with culture from one generation to the next. The boundaries do not change, but they are constant for eternity. And we need to realize that as not only dads, but yet those who may be guardians uh, for that, your family, those who are responsible to lead and to guide your family. And in today's world, there are single moms, and we appreciate single moms here this morning who are doing the work of an absentee father. 
And you need to realize that you also have that responsibility to reference your guidance for your family on the Word of God because it is fixed, it is eternal, and does not change with culture. They remain the same as when God established them to guide us and will remain until Jesus returns. The psalmist says in 119, Psalms 119 in verse 105, that God's word is a lamp to my feet, he said, and a light to my path. That's God's word. That he said, lights the way in life to give us guidance and direction when times are dark. And it is a, a lamp for our feet that when we're unsure where to step or where to go, that there we can turn to the Word of God before we take the next step. And that He will give us the direction needed. And the sad thing here this, this morning is that the church has fallen asleep while God's landmarks have been moved. The church has learned to tolerate what was once rejected by God's word. And it's that tolerance that has led to compromise. It's our compromise that has brought us to accept relocated landmarks that no longer are associated with God's word, but now they reference to a popular culture. Nothing based upon biblical standards. And dad, so you ask, maybe, if you're a guest or visitor, maybe you're, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. How does this affect me? And what does this have to do with me as a father? It's huge this morning. It's critical this morning for you as a dad, as a father, and moms, if that's the case, if you're the single parent in your home, it's critical for you to understand the importance of what I'm going to be talking about. Dr. James Dobson said these words, Our very survival as a people will depend on the presence or absence of masculine leadership in millions of homes. Now, in the past several decades, there has been a shift away from this mindset and it's that shift away from this mindset that has caused a, a general pulling away from that, this understanding that the Father is important and is necessary according to God's creation and the landmark that he established for the family. And that's somewhat being obliterated and removed as unnecessary. In fact, now there's a discussion taking place as to what we're going to call Mother's Day and Father's Day. And there are people now who are saying we need to remove Father's Day, the title, and Mother's Day, and call it what? Parents' Day. And what that's effectively doing is removing uh, the gender of a female and a male. You see, you watch how this is going to start to be implemented. And so for fathers, dads, 
critical for you and I here this morning to understand how important you are in the picture, in the scope of, of God's will for your family and for this society. So, so critical. Don't let anybody else tell you that you are worthless, that you don't matter, that you don't count, that you can be replaced by, by this or by that. Or a, a name by someone who calls themselves what they're not. You can't be replaced uh, uh, genetically according to what God has created you to be. Because it's important for you to understand the responsibility God has given to us as men, fathers, dads. Ephesians 6 and verse 1 through 4, the Apostle Paul writes, Children, obey your parents because you are Christians. Well, that's pretty to the point. Why? Why should I? Because you're a Christian. This is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother that everything may go well for you and that you may have a long life on earth. This is an important commandment with a promise. Fathers, do not make your children bitter about life. Instead, bring them up in Christian discipline and instruction and teaching and instruction and teaching. And so what does this say? to you and I as dads, fathers. It says that you and I are critical in order for God's pattern for teaching to begin in our lives for them, that we are the reference point and uh, the source of instructing them to live a godly life uh, and to learn about the things of God. It's based squarely upon us, not our wives, not, 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 Anybody else, and I know a lot of times we, yes, we bring our kids to church, Sunday school, and thank God for Sunday school. Kids are in Sunday school right now, learning about God and learning about how to honor mom and dad. Thank God for that. But the, the, the primary source that the Apostle Paul writes to us about is, is the father to be the primary source of Christian education. And it's our greatest landmark, the truth of God's word, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we use that reference point, that landmark, to teach them the truth about life and about who they are. And we know that there's been a subtle and maybe not so subtle now shift away, even in the church of Jesus Christ, that call themselves Christians away from the landmarks that God has set in place. In fact, I heard this morning that there's going to be a new version of the Bible. And it's a Bible created by none else than the initials of their name are AI. Artificial intelligence now. They're saying that can create a more perfect Bible than what we already have. So get ready for the AI version of the Bible. It's not going to be inspired by God as the one we have now, but it's going to be inspired by what? Artificial intelligence. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. There's a drift taking place, and dads, family members, adults here in this place, you better open your eyes and understand uh, that that shift is coming pretty quickly. 
because we already see it involved and taking place in a whole lot of other areas. We need to understand that our children are in crisis. They're in danger. Our grandchildren are in danger. Yes, Nancy and I, our children are grown. They're adults, and now they have the responsibility for what I'm preaching about to take place in their children's lives. But I am still a grandparent. And as a grandparent, I still have a responsibility to help ensure that those landmarks and, and, and principles and, and those reference points are still in place in the family. And I still say that we have to watch out for our grandchildren and uh, obviously the children this morning. Throughout history, radical and destructive movements like the one facing you and I here today in our country have always sought to target children. It happened during the Cultural Revolution in China with the Mao Zedong communist leader, referred to children's minds as a blank sheet of paper. And he viewed them as essential tools in that regime, regime change and cultural revolution. It happened again during the Vietnam era in the Pol Pot dynasty where they took the children and they began to indoctrinate them in communism and socialism and move them away from what their parents have taught them to the point that they would spit on their parents, they would turn in their parents as traitors to the regime. Children's minds are like a blank page. And he wasn't very far off the truth. Because how many know children can learn easier than us adults? Don't they learn quicker? Their minds are fertile ground. And they can be impregnated, and they can be planted with, with different thoughts and ideas that if we are, as parents and adults and caregivers, are not careful, will begin to take root and cause them to stray from the teachings that you and I want them to have. And it begins with a drift in their education. We understand that. You know what the drift is. It's, it's, a, it's not a, a sudden overthrow, but it's a slow moving. You ever see a piece of driftwood in water? Just kind of moses along and kind of goes by the current and eventually gets to where that current is leading it. And that's exactly the way it is in the education of children. The Apostle Paul referenced uh, in Ephesians that fathers are to be the teachers of Christian education and education, teaching them, instructing them in life. We see that schools, beginning in kindergarten, are starting to replace education with subtle indoctrination. The landmarks of why we, as a society, initially sent our children to school was to receive an education 
those landmarks, those reference points have subtly now began to disappear and to transform into other priorities. Schools today are telling their children they don't have to honor mother and father and do what their parents say, nor do they need to include them in the decisions for their life-making processes. Schools are openly refusing to keep parents informed about vital information about their offspring, their children, and they're giving them physical and mental health counseling advice in spite of what parents want or opposite of what parents want for their children. We recently have been involved in school board meetings here in the Norwalk La Mirada School District and uh, for that same reason that they were wanting to over extend their, their rights, as I guess I can put it, in the lives of those school children over the parents when it came to advice about abortions and uh, Planned Parenthood and all that goes along with that. There's been a drift from what schools are supposed to be teaching our children and our grandchildren, and we need to keep our eyes open. Instead of learning how to think critically, develop math, reading, and writing skills, children are being taught radical ideas about systematic racism, critical race theory, children apologizing for the color of their skin. They're being taught which pronouns to use and not use when referencing their friends and encouraging them in many anti-Americanism policies and thought processes. Why is that important? I read a quote from President Abraham Lincoln, and this was the warning that he gave. The philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation becomes the philosophy of government in the next. And so whatever's implanted in the school, the philosophies, the mindset, the truths that are given to our children in the classroom will become the philosophies of our government in the future. That's why it's so important that you and I take pause and begin to think about what our children are learning and are we in agreement with it, or do we turn a blind eye and say, oh, not my kid, I'll clean it up when they get home. Parents have also raised the alarm in schools about so-called family-friendly drag shows, sexually explicit drag shows in schools, sexually explicit books on school library shelves, be made available to children by the educators who are supposed to be protecting them. The result of all these things taking place in the drifting of the educational system 
is that it's affecting the moral development of children, not only impacting them academically, but socially and psychologically. Not only is there that drift, that fathers and dads and, and, and guardians that we need to be aware of in the education of our children, but yet there's that drift in God's creation that we hear and read about so often like never before today. It's the radical gender ideology that's taken place. You know, in our foyer, I don't know if you've, if you've stopped and noticed that or looked, but in our foyer, it's, there's a, a preamble, as it were, about who we are as a church and what we believe. And in there it says that we believe that God created man and woman. And that is there so that anybody who comes through the doors can't say we didn't know. If you took time and stopped and read it, you'd understand what we believe as a church, as a fellowship of churches. And today it's sad that there are many congregations in Christianity who have abandoned those uh, landmarks uh, and reference points. So there's a move to normalize transgenderism, gender fluidity, and the use of cross-sex hormones in our children, for our children, puberty blockers, and even irreversible sex change surgery for minors. That is creating an entire generation of kids who have had their bodies mutilated and destroyed by those who are supposed to protect them. Suicide rates have escalated, especially amongst those that call themselves those youth trans. One professor, his name is Mark Lerner, wrote these words. The vanishing father is perhaps the central fact of the changing American family structure today. Because man, the male, the father, the dad, has, has been somewhat defunct and minimalized in our society, the consequence and the results that have ensued have been a culture change in the structure of the family. We need to understand this morning, dads, fathers, men, your role is critical in society here today. You are valuable, you are created by God, and there's a strategy, there's an enemy called Satan who wants to pervert God's creation. And it begins subtly and begins to drift into uh, the area of the ones that we love called children. And it's up to us to tell them the truth based upon those unchanging goalposts called the Word of God. The truth of God's Word. And so I wind this down with fathers, the father's landmarks, and who God created you to be. 
God created you to be the provider for the spiritual temperature in your children's lives and in your home. The father leads in the whole training, the complete training of that child's mind, their moral makeup, uh, and their lifestyle that they lead. Well, yes, I understand when they grow to that adult age and they want no more instruction and they say, I'm out of here. Well, you've done your job. We did our job. We did what God called us to do. Now, they have choices to make. But until then, we have the responsibility for the spiritual provision like Noah had in reference in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7. It says, By faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. I guarantee you there are events that we haven't seen yet that are going to take place. There are things that are going to happen in this culture revolution that's taking place that have not seen yet that we better start preparing that spiritual ark for our kids, for our families, dads. It may not be raining the way you thought or think it's going to be raining, but the rain will come. And we need to be prepared for that. Not after it starts, but now. Start preparing your children now, your grandchildren now. It's never too late. So that father's supposed to teach their children about the faithfulness of God as you develop them spiritually, telling them constantly, God is always faithful. He is never unfaithful. Your friends will be unfaithful at times. Your, 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 your teachers may be unfaithful at times, but I'll tell you, who's never going to be unfaithful? God is never going to be unfaithful. That's our responsibility, Isaiah chapter 38 and verse 19. The Father makes known to the children your faithfulness. It's the Father's job. You tell your kids about God's faithfulness. Share with them your experiences that you had during those tough times and how God came through. You share with them how God provided when you thought it was the end. And it's the father's job, yes, to bring that correction to the children. Proverbs 3, verse 11 and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. And so, yes, correction will come. And, uh, you know, correction does need to come. To our children. We need to show them where they're going wrong, teach them right from wrong, correct them when they're going in the wrong direction. Whatever it takes to bring that correction to their lives, we have to use that. We have to use that. And I know sometimes correction is, I'm not talking about abuse. Huge difference between a, a, abuse and correction. And God has given us wisdom to make sure we use the right kind of, of correction for our children. It's important. And so the Father provides that emotional and spiritual security 
for their lives. He inspires them concerning serving God and how God created them and what God can do in their lives. Young children need encouragement. Colossians 3.21 Fathers do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. And so the opposite of discouragement is inspiration, encouragement. We're supposed to provide that emotional stability for them. Be that rock, as it were, like God is the rock through Jesus Christ for you and I, the rock of our foundation and our life. We need to be that way for our children. Let them see you stand strong for God. Let them see you be emotionally stable for God. Let them be inspired by you to serve God. Because we're called to be the examples and the influence to them. Let, the, let us be those reference points and landmarks. Yesterday we had our, uh, last night, our um, graduation banquet. And the graduates were able to stand up and talk about their parents, you know, and, and say things about their parents. And each one of them said how their parent was a reference point in their lives, a strong reference point, a, a, a point of inspiration for their lives. Never underestimate, Dad, your influence uh, to your children. Never underestimate the power of your influence uh, in their lives because it's there. Don't let the world belittle you or tell you you don't matter. You are critical. That's why there's such an assault against your, how God created you. Why there's such an assault against your manhood, against the fatherhood, and against the, what God has established as landmarks. Be that example of influence and good morals. 1 Corinthians 15.33 Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. So the values, the morals they learn, the character they develop, and attitudes they express in their lives shaped by their parents and specifically by their dad. I want our worship team to make their way this morning as we prepare for uh, the altar call. Today I spoke about a lot of areas and issues that most of us here are aware of. We hear them, we read about them, we even see them. And they're becoming more and more prevalent in our society. The drift is becoming less and less of a drift and, and more and more of a concerted movement, intentional. We need to keep our eyes open. We need to understand the consequences, the ramifications, when we don't do our job as dads, as fathers, as men, as grandparents, grandfathers. What the consequences are for our children. Because I tell you what, you know, more years behind me than are in front of me as a person so I already have my mind made up, but you know what I'm living for and why I'm doing what I'm doing here right now? 
I'm doing it for my grandkids. I'm doing it for my grandkids. My kids, they've already been shaped, they've already been developed, they already have their, 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 their ways they're going, but this is for my grandkids. And so, it never ends, it never stops for us as men, as dads and grandparents. Don't think you don't, you don't matter, granddad. Don't think you're too old and, and you, you're, you're, you're out of the box and, and you know what, you're just a grandfather, uh-uh. You're a patriarch in your family. You're a patriarch in your family. And you keep that aspect of godliness and you keep that moral foundation strong and sure for the rest of your family. There's a joy and reward that takes place. As we obey the word of God, the reference points that God has given to us, the landmarks in 3 John verse 4. It says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Boy, isn't it a joy when your kids are serving God? Isn't it a joy when your children, your grandchildren are walking in the truth of God's word? God's inspired word by the Holy Spirit that men under the influence of God's Holy Spirit have given us his word, not by artificial intelligence, but by the Holy Spirit. Be aware, be informed, and be prepared to make tough decisions for the next generation coming up as we bow our heads for a few moments and close our eyes. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I, I want to say this before I make the altar call, and I just want you listening. There are many, many, many God-inspired, God-loving teachers, men and women in the public school system. I know that. I am aware of that. We have some of those in our church congregation. I get that. I am aware of that. But what I am saying is that we have to be careful and take care of how far our limitations will go in the education of our children. That's what I'm saying. Father, right now I pray in Jesus' name for each and every one that is here this morning, for dads, men, and yes, for all of your creation here today, men and women. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us continually. God, let us take seriously the landmarks, the reference points that you have established in your word that are not to be moved, 
that are not to be changed from one generation to the next, from one culture to the next, but that remain constant, trustworthy. God, help us to fix our hearts and our minds on those reference points as we lead our families and our children. And I pray today for those who are not serving God today, I ask you that you would bring conviction, God, repentance in their hearts to make the right choice. God, focus on you and your word for guidance through this journey called life. In Jesus' name I pray, and as our heads are bowed, our eyes closed.